Welcome to the Grace Center Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Mauli Chikata, lead pastor at Grace Center. For more information about this message and our church, visit gracecenter.church or call 0244-010868. Today we are going to look at Colossians chapter 1 from the verse 24 through to the verse 29. Colossians chapter 1 from the verse 24 through to the verse 29. Let's read the scriptures. It says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church of which I became a member according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Amen. All right, so we've been talking about the book of Colossians and we've been touching on on various things and last week we looked at Paul trying to make the church in Colossae understand that we are reconciled with Christ that we have peace with God but this morning Paul ends the chapter 1 by talking about stewardship which is from God and so this morning what I'm going to share with us is on our stewardship which is from God. Like we've always said, the book of Colossians is one of those letters or epistles that Paul writes or Paul wrote in order to correct certain wrong doctrines and certain wrong teachings that were going on in Colossae at the time. And we've listed a lot of things that Paul brought to bear to try to correct in that church. There were wrong teachings about knowledge, about the place of some kind of special knowledge that makes you spiritual or brings you salvation. And that's what we call Gnosticism. Gnostics believe in the power of knowledge, in the power of philosophy. And the knowledge they believe in is not the knowledge of God. They believe in some special kind of knowledge that makes you spiritual and brings you salvation. They believed in the power of angels. They did not agree with the deity of Jesus Christ. They did not believe that Jesus is God. And Jesus, through Jesus, you can be saved. And so, Paul writes this letter to, to correct them on some of these things that they were believing. And in the verse 24 through to the verse 29 that we just looked at, Paul goes very hard at one of those things. He's just laying the foundation. When we get to the chapter 2 and chapter 3, you see 
him making things more, much more clearer. But in these paragraphs that we read, Paul tries to deal with something called mysteries. Mysteries. Mysteries are hidden truth or hidden knowledge. Things that are concealed, that are hidden for an appointed time. There are some of us, certain things are mysteries to us because they are hidden from us and we don't understand the operations of these things. And in the church in Colossae at that time, they were believing in this kind of mystery, hidden knowledge that, that was outside of the will of God. And in the church today, the reason the scripture is always relevant is that at every point in time, there is something in the body of Christ or among humanity that requires the word of God to deal with. And we can say that in the church today, many are being presented with things that we can talk or we can say to be called mysteries. You know, Christians today believe that there are some hidden things that must be discovered in God. Amen. So we go to teachings that give us seven secrets to this. We love things like that. The seven mysteries of this. People talk about the mysteries of, of prayer. See, it's like prayer is some secret thing. There is some mystery hidden in prayer. People talk about the mystery of, of, of finances. Like there are some hidden things that will make you rich. The people also talk about mysteries about the realms of the spirit. Right now, if I, if I start talking about the realms of the spirit and I present it in a certain mysterious way, you, people will get excited and we are excited about these things. But Paul comes and comes to correct this thing and he says that the way of correcting these kinds of teachings is when we become stewards of God. Who is a steward? A steward is somebody who is an overseer or somebody who looks over a property that does not belong to him. In, in, in the days of the Bible, a steward is related to a slave who has a master who looks over the things that his master leaves for him. And so in the parables that Jesus gives, he'll say that the parable of the kingdom is like a man who's going to a far country and he left talent. That, that talent, that means money. He left money for his servant, for his steward, for them to look over the money. And so Jesus gives a lot of parables that makes, that brings us the understanding that we are supposed to be stewards. We are, as believers, we are stewards. We are slaves, to put it that way. We don't, we don't have our own. The steward does not possess anything of his own. The steward is that somebody who possesses something that belongs to his master. The steward always has a master. Praise the Lord. The steward has no ownership of the things he has. And Paul is saying that for us to be able to live the way God wants us to live. And for us to get people live the life that God has called them to live and ordained for them to live, believers must come to the place of stewardship. Amen. We must come to the place where we understand that 
we are overseers of the things that God gives to us. And one of the things God gives to us is the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, many of us don't live with this understanding that the revelation we have about Jesus Christ is something that we must oversee. To oversee means to, to guide, to look upon, to protect, and to make sure that what has to be done with this revelation of Jesus Christ is what truly is done. And so this morning, we are going to look at four areas of stewardship that Paul talks about in these verses of Scripture. We'll first of all look at the present need for stewardship. And then we'll look at the purpose of stewardship. And after that, we'll look at the price for stewardship. And then we'll look at the product of stewardship. Let me go through again. We'll look at the present need for stewardship. We'll look at the purpose of stewardship. We'll look at the price for stewardship and the product of stewardship. In the verse 25, Paul says, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God. So that's where our theme for this morning's message is coming from. So let's look at the present need for stewardship. Is there, is there the need for stewardship? In the verse 26, Paul says, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generation, but now has been revealed to his saints. He's saying here that something has been hidden, and that which has been hidden has become dead a need, for which reason God calls people as ministers of the gospel and stewards of his grace. Praise the Lord. So the need is that mysteries, things are hidden. And he says it's been hidden from ages and from generations. Hallelujah. Now the word to hide there means to conceal, to keep as a secret. To keep as a secret. There is the revelation of Jesus which was kept as a secret, which was concealed, which was hidden from ages and from generations, but he goes on to say that but now has been revealed. So, so there is no longer a secret in that sense. But to some, it still remains a secret. And that's why God calls us to be his ministers, Cause us to be his servants. Cause us to be a people who hold on to his message, to the revelation of Jesus Christ and proclaim it to all who have not gotten the opportunity to have this revelation of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So there is the need for stewardship because it takes a minister of the gospel to reveal. So that's what Paul says, of which I became a minister, a steward, which is from God. The first reason why there is the need for stewardship is that generations are walking in ignorance. Generations are walking in ignorance. He says that it's been hidden from generations. And in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, the verse, the, the, the beginning part of that verse, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. 
God's own people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. The reason why God is calling us to the place of stewardship is because people are being destroyed because they lack knowledge. What knowledge? They lack the knowledge of who Jesus truly is. Praise the Lord. In Hosea chapter 6 verse 6, it says, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. God says that he desires knowledge of him than offerings. Many people today think that church is all about the offerings. Many people think that church today is all about sacrifice. The reason this message is relevant today is because the to, today's Christian thinks that his work with God is all about the money he can give in church. You can invite somebody to church. The person can tell you, I will not come. But as for my offering, take it to God. Take, take my offering for me. You know why? Because they believe that in the offerings, they'll be blessed. They don't think that coming to church to gain knowledge is of importance to God. That you have knowledge of God is important to God more than the offering you give. Because guess what? The more you know God, the more you become whom he has called you to be. And the more your sacrifice will be of a pure heart. Many people give offerings which are not of pure hearts. Many of us give offerings for what we can get from God. Not out of appreciation to God. Not as a, a, a thanksgiving, a worthy thanksgiving unto the Lord. That we appreciate that God has been good to us. And so we are giving to support his work. Many give not even to support his work. You can see people, they, will, they know that the church is struggling to get something. They will never give. But tell them that when you give tomorrow, there is a blessing coming. There is a 24-hour miracle coming your way. The same people will give. Why? Because their giving is not based on appreciation of the work of God. Their giving is because of what they can get. You see, so their mindset about God is all about offerings. But he says that I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. The knowledge of God. So when, when the true nature of God, when the truth about who Jesus is, is hidden from you, there's no way, there's no way you can walk as God wants you to walk. Because God wants you to have knowledge of him. Knowledge of him. And the reason God wants stewards is so that his stewards will reveal God to them. And the reason God wants you to become a minister of the gospel, a steward of the gospel, is so that you can reveal his knowledge to people. Why? Because generations are living in ignorance. Today, the things people do in church just tells us that ignorance is at play. The next point for the need for stewardship is that generations are perishing. There's the need for us to become ministers of the gospel because many are perishing. When the revelation of Christ is hidden from you, you are straight going down the road into destruction. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3, it says, but even if our gospel is veiled, 
it is veiled to those who are perishing. If our gospel is veiled, to veil means to hide. You see, I don't know why wedding days, like when Evans was going to marry, they said, you, you can now remove the veil. You know, a veil is to hide. The man has seen the girl, son. He left Medina all the way to Budumbul and Kaswa. We be sad, but but on the last day, on the day of the wedding, we say you can now unveil her. It's like she's some hidden secret. No, praise the Lord. He says, if our gospel is veiled, if it is hidden, it is hidden to those who are perishing. So when there are no stewards to reveal. The gospel, many will perish. And there are many around us. There are many of our friends. There are many of our colleagues in the office. There are many of our family members who are perishing. Why? Because the true God is hidden from them. Amen. I know you're asking yourself, why are you saying that? We'll get there. You'll see that the mystery which God actually wants us to preach. It's not what we are preaching. And so many are perishing. The true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is hidden. It's hidden. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. When the gospel is veiled, you are perishing. And when you are perishing, the message of the cross becomes foolishness to you. To many, they don't understand why we serve Jesus. For instance, somebody who said that, ah, but how can you say that one person died and everybody when we believe in him will be saved? It's foolishness. Doesn't make sense. Someone says, why do you waste time praying? Doesn't make sense. You see, doesn't make sense because the gospel, prayer, which is part of the gospel, is hidden to them. And because it is hidden, they are perishing. Because they are perishing, they see it as foolishness. Praise the Lord. The psalmist who said, only a fool will say in his heart, there is no God. Anybody who says there is no God, the gospel is hidden. The next point, the next reason why there's the need for stewardship is that generations are walking in unbelief. Generations are walking in unbelief. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4, it says, If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe. Let the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. When the gospel is hidden from you, when we do not preach the message of the cross, when we do not become able stewards of the mysteries of Jesus Christ, people continue to walk in unbelief. Why? Because they are blinded and so they do not believe. You and I can go into our offices, our neighborhoods, our families, and we can find people who still do not believe. Hallelujah. That's why there is a need for us to become stewards of the mysteries of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Let's go to the second point. The purpose of stewardship. So we have established that there is the need. There is the need because generations are walking in ignorance. Generations are perishing. Generations are walking in unbelief because the gospel is hidden from them. The next point is the purpose. Why is God calling us into the place of stewardship? Why must we become stewards of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? In the verse 25, it says, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which is given to me for you to fulfill God's word. To fulfill God's word. So the first reason, first purpose of stewardship is to fulfill the word, the word of God. In other words, to make known the counsel of God, the full counsel of God. To make it known. When Paul says to fulfill the word of God, what he's trying to say is that God has called me as a steward to make known his counsel. Fully, not halfway, fully. In Romans chapter 15 verse 19, it says, In mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about all Elysium, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. The reason God wants us to become able ministers, stewards of his kingdom is so that we will preach fully Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Fully Jesus Christ. That we will let everybody know who Jesus is. And last two weeks we looked at who is Jesus. That message he's saying that when I carry it, I make it known fully. I'm not afraid to proclaim who Jesus is. I'm not afraid to say Jesus is the image of God. I'm not afraid to say Jesus is God. There are people who are afraid to say Jesus is God. But you see, we cannot be Christians when we cannot say fully that Jesus is God. So he's saying that God has called me and I preached. I preached fully, not halfway, fully. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, from verse 2, it says, Preach the word. When was the last time you preached the word? Ask, ask. <laughs> Are they responding? <laughs> they ask it there, you will ask. But whether you will get the response or not, that's where the problem. Ask the person, when was the last time you preached the word? He listed where he preached the word. In Romans, he says, he named the town. Ask the person sitting by you, where did you preach? <laughs> Ask them, where did you preach the message? And he says, Listen, he says, I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ask the person, what was the topic you preached? What was the topic? <laughs> oh, you are not okay. Ask. Ask. You see, you can't ask. Where did you preach the message? 
And what was the title? Give us the title. Give us the title. When Paul preached, it was recorded. Can you show me the recording of the message? <laughs> can, can, can you, is there a proof of the recording? <laughs> he says, preach the word. Second Timothy 4.25 Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Our excuse, many of us, is that, oh, pastor, I'm not prepared. Praise the Lord. Oh, pastor, I'm not feeling well. Oh, today, I don't feel like. He says, whether in season or out of season, preach the word. And you always have to be ready. Praise the Lord. You have to be ready. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. He's saying that a time will come. People will not desire sound doctrine. They will not desire truth. They want stories, fables. They have eating ears. Like today, when people come to church, they have eating ears. They want to hear, hey. I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one. I'm her auntie. I'm her auntie. I'm the auntie. I'm the reason why she's not married. That's why we want to go. There's something behind it. There's something there. Eating ears. We, we want, that's what we want. You see? But he said that, endure. But as for you, preach the word. Preach the word. Teach it. Use it to rebuke. Use it to correct. Use it to exhort people. And when you do that, what will happen to you? What will happen to you is that you will, you will go through affliction, but endure it. Do the work of an evangelist. Preach the word. Fulfill your ministry. In other words, make sure that you proclaim the full counsel of God. It is not for the pastor. Hello. For every one of us, God calls us to that place of stewardship, of becoming ministers of his gospel. I want to ask you today, are you fulfilling your ministry? Are you fulfilling your assignment as a steward of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Knowing that you have a master, your master is telling you to preach the word. The second reason, purpose of stewardship is to reveal the hidden mysteries. Is to reveal the hidden mysteries. It says the mystery which has been hidden, verse 26 of Colossians chapter 1. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to the saints. Now has been revealed to the saints. So the reason God calls us to stewardship is not so 
we proclaim mysteries, but that we proclaim the revealed mysteries. In other words, as Christians, there is nothing as a mystery for us again. Everything is revealed. Should I say that again? Oh, should I say that again? As Christians, there is, there is no mystery. The mystery is for those who are not believing. Who, whom the God of this world has blinded their eyes. Lest the light of the gospel of his son should shine in on them. If you are a believer, the light of the gospel has shone on you. Those who are perishing, they are the ones that the gospel is hidden from. You are not perishing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So the Christian is not perishing. The Christian is walking in eternal life. The mystery is revealed to his saints. He said, but now has been. It's not going to be revealed, but it has been revealed. So in Christianity, there is no more mystery. Anybody who tells you there is some mystery about something, something is leading you into distraction and is deceiving you. Oh, pastor, but we have heard. Yes, that's what you have heard. But that's not what the scripture says. That's what you have heard. But that's not what the Bible, the Bible says that that mystery which was hidden from generations, from ages, has now been revealed to his saints. And we look at it. Amen. And Paul is consistent about the hidden mysteries which have been revealed. In Romans chapter 16, verse 25 to 26, it says, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Listen, the only way you can be established is through the gospel of Jesus Christ and the preaching of Jesus Christ. When we stop preaching Jesus, people are not established. And that is why we have half-baked Christians today. Because the real preaching of Jesus Christ is missing from the church. Everybody wants to go to a place where they will say you will prosper. Everybody wants to go to a place where they say tomorrow you receive a car. Your house is coming. You shall be healed. We want to go to a place where they will say, hey, the marriage is coming. I see the door open over your life. I see you become a below. That's what we want. So all our pastors have become, I declare, I declare, I decree, and church members have become, I receive it, I receive it, I claim it, I possess it. That's what we have become. And so we are not established. We are not rooted. We are not grounded because the preaching of Jesus is missing. He said that now he is able to establish you according to the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. According to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. So he says that there's a revelation of Jesus which was kept secret before the world began. But that secret, that revelation is what establishes us. Now what does he say? Verse 26, but now made manifest. That secret has now been revealed. It has been made manifest. And by the prophetic scriptures 
made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for the obedience of the faith. He says that Jesus is revealed in the scriptures for us. That which was hidden, that which was a secret, that which was a mystery is now open to us. So as a believer, when you take the Bible and you read it, and God gives you understanding, you are walking in the revealed knowledge of God. What does that mean? What it means is that the Bible you are holding a revelation. And the Bible you are holding is what God uses to reveal the secrets that have been hidden. So if you are looking for if there is mysteries, if there are any mysteries, it's in the Bible. It is what the Bible says. And what the Bible says, there are no mysteries again from the Bible. That's what I'm getting to. Because today, somebody will take the Bible and will tell you that there is a hidden meaning of what? There is a hidden meaning is leading you to destruction because the, the, the scriptures are the revealed secrets. Do you understand? It's like this thing is hidden. It's hidden. I don't know where to hide. Okay. It's hidden here. It is hidden. You don't know it. A lot of people have come and gone. It's been hidden from everybody. And today, it has been revealed. There is no longer a hidden something to dip it and reveal. The scripture, according to the word of God, is revealed to us. It's the revelation of the mystery of Jesus Christ. So when you take the scripture, you have revelation. So when I hold the Bible, the Bible you are holding, generations desire to get it. The Bible you are holding, Generations wanted to get it, but they could not get it. But today, God, through His Spirit, has made known who Christ is. When Jesus was, was walking in Jerusalem, they did not know who He was. He was hidden from them. How do we know? Jesus asked His disciples, Who do men say that I am? Ah! I mean, hey! John the Baptist! Another said, Hey! You are Elijah! Another person said, Hey! You are one of the prophets who is to come. He was hidden from them. They didn't know. He was the son of God. He was with them. He was eating with them. He was walking with them. He was going fishing with them. Some of them, he was playing gata to gata with them. His father was a carpenter. He was the carpenter's son. He was carrying the wood. Nailing the thing. Going around. Meanwhile, he was the son of God. They did not know. He said, who do you say that I am? And Peter raised his hand. He said, you are the Christ. The son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to me, but my father who is in heaven. At the time Jesus was walking, they didn't know who he was. They didn't know he was the Messiah. They, didn't, they, they had glimpses. And then they would doubt. And they would say, ah, are you the Messiah? He would talk a certain way. Then they would say, are you the Messiah? It was hidden from them. But now, you and I, if we mention Jesus, there is no hidden meaning behind Jesus again. Because who Jesus is has been revealed to us through the scriptures. Do you understand? So the scriptures, how do you know Jesus? Through the scriptures. You don't know Jesus through revelation. 
excuse me to say, if you come and you tell me that you have seen Jesus, he appeared to you in the night, whatever you say, if it doesn't work by the scriptures, Umwa. Because it is through the prophetic scriptures, made to all nations, that the secrets, the mystery has been revealed. So for us, we become stewards of the word of God so that we can carry the word of God. As a people who have been given, who have a master, he's given to us his word that we should go and spread it and reveal Christ through the scriptures to people. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and servants of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found faithful. You see, we are, we are servants, we are stewards of the mysteries of God. We are stewards of it. The, the scriptures, we are, listen, people died for the scriptures. People died so that the Bible will be in your hand. And you are holding it. You are putting it under your pillow. And when you have a dream, then you wake up. Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Satan. Blood of Jesus. It's like there's a demon coming, then you hold it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Go! Somebody's imagination or their movie. Now so actually you not the May the Lord have mercy on us. The scripture is to reveal Jesus to us so that we can preach. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 1 to 13. It's a long one, but we'll look at it. It says, How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I'm briefly written already, which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Do you understand? He's saying that there is a mystery, but he has made known the mystery to me. So that when you read it, you will understand. So anytime we read the writings of Paul, it is the revelation of the mystery coming to bear. There's nothing hidden again. Which in other ages was made known to the sons of men as it is now has been revealed by the Spirit. It's not going to be revealed. It has now been revealed. In the days of Paul, it was revealed. It is not now that God is going to reveal. It has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. That's, that's another mystery. That now, people at first were, were not Jews. We could not receive salvation. But now, we who are Gentiles can now be saved. Amen of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ through the gospel, which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, which is given to me by the effective working of his power. To me, who am less than the least of all saints, this grace was given to me that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ, to the intent that now manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you may not lose heart at my tribulation for you, which is your will. What is he saying? He's saying that, listen to me. I am called to be a minister. And I'm called to be a minister of the mysteries of Christ. I am called to reveal Christ to you. That revelation, it was hidden. And we'll look at that revelation. It was hidden. But now, it's made known. It's made known to everybody that Jesus came to die. And by his death, everyone who believes in him will be saved. The third purpose for stewardship is so that we will proclaim the mystery. We will preach the mystery. And what is that mystery? The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, mystery, 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 mystery is simple. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's look at that scripture. Verse 27 of Colossians chapter 1. To them God willed to be known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. This mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. The mystery which was hidden from ages and from generations is that Christ in you, the hope of glory. Asan, Evo, Eta, Agbena, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you understand Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you understand Christ in you, the hope of glory, then you have become that child of God, whom God has called out of darkness into his kingdom. Amen. It's in your Bible. He says to make known the mystery, the hidden riches, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So what is Christ in you? The mystery is that Christ lives in us. That Christ can live in us. Why is it a mystery? It is a mystery because without Christ living in us, there is no way we can live and fulfill the purposes of God for our lives. Without Christ living in us, there is no way we can please God. That's the secret. It's a secret because the old covenant, Christ was not living in them. They had to go by the law. They needed the law to be able to please God. They needed the commandments to be able to please God. And guess what? Nobody was able to fulfill the commandment. And to date, nobody can be able to fulfill the commandment. How do we please God then? How do we please God then? We can only please God when Christ is living in us. Praise the Lord. And so in Colossae, they thought that to please God, you needed some special kind of knowledge. But Paul says, no, that is not what you need. Don't go after those mysteries. The mystery is that when Christ lives in you, you please God, you are saved, and there's hope for glory. Praise the Lord. And Jesus himself preached Christ in you. In John chapter 6, verse 56, 
to 58. He said, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living father sent me, I live because of the father and I live because of the father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven and not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. He's saying that as God was with him, in him, when he was working and walking on the earth, he also lives in those who eat his bread and drink his blood. In other words, those who believe in his death and resurrection, the work of his death and resurrection. And he says that when I live in you, you will live forever. That's the hope of glory. Praise the Lord. When I live in you, you will live forever. What the, 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 the closest to what the children of Israel could experience about living was in the wilderness when all the earth was manna and yet they lived and they survived. So Jesus said that I am that bread that when you eat, you will live forever. And when you eat, I live in you and you live forever. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 14. And that is why we must always come before the communion table to break bread and drink the wine. Hallelujah. In John chapter 14 verse 19. It says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live and you will live also. And that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. He says, I'm going, but you will see me. You will see me because you will not die. You will see me because you will not perish. You will see me because you will not be destroyed because I will live in you. And the mystery that was hidden from generations that Christ can live in us. And Paul affirms this in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, that Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live my life by faith because I believe that Christ lives in me. Anybody who believes in Christ's death and resurrection, he comes and he abides in that person. Can I hear an amen? Can you say Christ lives in me? Do you believe Christ lives in you? Christ lives in you. Christ lives in the believer. That is the mystery. That's the mystery. That Jesus can live in us. That the life we now live, it is no longer us who live, but Christ who lives in us. That is why there are certain things you cannot do because the moment you want to do them, there is, there is a voice that speaks to you. That's the reason why that you push yourself to do some things because there is something living in you and that something is Christ. That person is Jesus Christ. Christ lives in you. And if believers can come and settle with the fact that Christ lives in us, a lot of the things we worry about, a lot of the things we pray, a lot of the things we fight, 
will end up seeing that indeed they are unnecessary because if Christ is in you, no weapon formed or fashioned against your life will prosper. If God, if it happens, then it means God allowed it. If God allowed it, then he has a purpose for it. And if he has a purpose for it, then it will work for your good. So Christians must not live as though we are alone and he's afraid. Cannot sleep. A Christian who has been told that demons fly at 12 midnight. It is 12 midnight, the witches and the wizards. I, have you met a witch before? And has the witch told you that for you in particular, when they are having the meeting, it's 12 midnight. Between 12 and 2. Okay. Maybe own it is 6 a.m. When, when you are eating the breakfast. That is when they are having the meeting on your beer. You see, because we, we have not come to understand that there is a greater power living in us. And so, you say, he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. We can't confess, proclaim, and believe this. Because we have not come to the understanding that the mystery is Christ is in you. And he says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is the hope of glory? In Psalm 16 verse 9, David writes, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in hell. Now will you allow your Holy One to see corruption? You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. The hope of glory is that God will not leave us in hell. When Christ lives in you and you die, there is no way you are going to hell. You are going straight into he said, you will not allow your Holy One, your Son, to see corruption. You will not allow my soul to see corruption. Corruption is destruction. It's hell. When you die as a believer, you are going to heaven. That's our hope. Our hope is that we are going straight to his presence. For in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So, when Christ lives in you and you die, there is hope for you. There is hope for you. There is hope for you that even when you don't die, if Christ will appear right now, you'll be with him. But you see, many of us are afraid of when Christ will appear because we don't know that he's living in us. He's coming for his own body. When we hear of the rapture, we fear the rapture is to bring rejoicing to us. Ask Evans, he will tell you. When they said, now the bride was coming, Evans was smiling. Finally. Even before the ushers could call him, the guy has come to stand there. He was waiting to receive his wife. And we are the bride. And the groom is coming. And we are afraid because we don't know of this mystery that when Christ is in us, there is hope for glory. So the coming of Jesus Christ, we should be excited. 
to be happy. But you see, you will not be happy because you think that the hope of glory is by your works. You think that the hope of glory is by your effort. But the hope of glory is by Christ's effort on the cross. For which reason he lives in you. And so when you believe that Christ is in you, there is hope of glory for you. So he says, you will not allow me, nor leave me in hell. And you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. Says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, which are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. He says, There is we have been called to a living hope. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Even though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Listen to me. When Christ lives in you, there is a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory ahead of us. This is not talking about money. This is not talking about marriage. This is not talking about houses. This is not talking about breakthrough. Is talking about the appearance of Jesus Christ. So Paul qualifies it. So we do not look at the things which are seen. For the believer today, everything about blessing is what I can see. But you see, you are blessed not because of what you have in the physical. You are blessed because when Christ appears, you shall be with him. No wonder he says, what shall it profit a man? Begins the whole world, but loses his soul. Begins the whole world, but loses his soul. May we become a people who know that Christ is in us. There is hope of glory for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Center Sermon of the Week with Pastor Mauli Chikata. For more information, visit gracecenter.church or call 0244 010863 to get in touch with our ministry.